0: we're going to be in the book of James tonight. James chapter 1. Everybody happy? Yes. Healthy? Yes. Holy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? Yeah. Hungry? Hungry? Yeah. Good. I hope you're talking about spiritually. That's right, yes. Amen. <laughs> I mean, you, you stopped by on your way to uh, supper, I guess. Mm-hmm. I keep hearing like there's a microphone on or something. Can you hear that? Mm-hmm. It's not me, I don't think, is it? All right, James chapter 1 tonight. We're going to start uh, something new called Blessed is the Man. Blessed is the Man. That word blessed means happy It means, it's talking about an experience there. It's not something that's coming, it's something that can be now. Blessed is the man. And there's 13 times this phrase is used in the Bible. And we're going to start tonight with the last time that it's used. And that's in James chapter 1. And we're going to start in verse 12 where this scripture is located and then we're going to back up to the beginning of this chapter and push our way through and hear what the Lord had would have for us to hear tonight. James chapter 1 verse 12. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Did you see that? Do you see how loving the Lord is tied to enduring? Loving the Lord is tied to enduring temptation. Let's read it again. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. For when he is tried, not if, but when, he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. So this is talking about the, the children of God that endure through this life on this journey to the end in this faith because it takes faith to endure. And we do that because we love him. Jesus went to the cross, of course, because he loved us, but he was doing it out of obedience to his Father that he loved. And as the Father has sent Jesus, he sent us. And we are to endure all The trials, all the temptations that come our way so that we can receive this crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. Mm -hmm. Them that love him. Jesus tells us in John 14 who it is that loves him. It's those who keep his word, that obey him, that follow his teaching. He doesn't say anything about going to church. Mm -hmm. He says those that obey me love me. And if they're not obeying me, he says, they don't love me. He says it both ways in John chapter 14. So we need to understand tonight, the man who's going to endure temptation is the man who's going to be blessed. In that enduring temptation, he's going to be blessed. He's going to find the joy of the Lord. He's going to find the strength of the Lord. That's a part of being blessed during this enduring temptation. Amen. Blessed is the man that endures temptation, because when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to them that love him. And I know this crown of life is given at the end of the race, but this is also talking about along the journey, because you can't endure at the end if you hadn't endured all along the journey. You have to endure today to be considered one who endures tomorrow. Your endurance today don't have anything to do with you enduring tomorrow. Tomorrow is a whole new day. Jesus said it'll have its own sufficient amount of evil in it. You endure today praising God through everything no matter what it is so that you can experience this blessed state. You are blessed of the Lord. You're blessed and highly favored. You you are blessed and highly favored of the Lord, but the experience of that I'll have to admit is not there every moment of my life. But the potential is there. Amen. We don't need to make excuses. Well, we can't just live it all the time. Yes, we can. That's the flesh screaming out. I'm tired of the cross. Put it down. But as long as you carry that cross, you following Christ, you gonna experience the blessed. Endurance that takes place when you're tried. Jesus, Hebrews 4 and 15, look at this with me. Before we back up to the first of this chapter, Jesus was tempted but without sin. Hebrews 4 and 15. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Jesus was tempted in every capacity. Jesus was tempted in all points, the Bible says. Every area he was tempted, but he was yet without sin. He never allowed the temptation to drive him to a place of sin. He overcame all temptation and you're in him. His endurance was a perfect endurance. He said, I always pleased the Father. You know what a powerful statement that is? Because we can't make it. But he did, because he could. I always pleased the Father. And the Father can't be pleased without faith. That means there was never even a moment in his life that he wasn't living by faith, being led by the Spirit. Never a moment. And I'm telling you that so that you, when you and I do fail, not if, but when we do fail, because sometimes temptation comes, and we give way to it. Can I get a witness? But the answer is there not to be brought into its problem. Not to be brought into its bondage. The answer is there. We have to choose to fight the good fight of faith. We have to choose to believe that Jesus was perfect in his whole life. And the reason he had to go to the cross is because I'm not perfect. And he did that for me. And I have him to look to. And when I begin to be tempted, when I begin to be tried, I can look to him. The Bible says, unless you grow weary and faint in your minds, look to the one who endured such contradiction of sinners. Jesus Christ and what he did at Calvary is your answer every time you're tried or tempted. That's why the Holy Spirit always delivers us unto death because it's the death of Jesus that's going to give you your escape every time from every trial and every temptation. If you're not looking to the death of Jesus, you're not going to escape the temptation. His death is the only way out of any kind of sin, bondage, any kind of rattling chains in your life, something that's got a hold of you, you not being as interested as you ought to in the Lord, the things of the Lord, just means you're not looking to the cross enough. You know, the Holy Spirit, and I can't teach and preach this enough, the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, always delivers us unto death. 2 Corinthians 4.11. For Jesus' sake, that we might be able to express the life of Christ in these mortal bodies. That's meaning that we cannot do that if we're not looking at that where we're being delivered to always, which is the death of Jesus. Amen. And the church screams out, why do you think you have to talk about that all the time? And our Lord says, why do you think you don't have to talk about that all the time? Why are you trying to wiggle out of that? Because wiggling out of experiencing where the Holy Spirit is delivering you every moment of your life is a wiggling of yourself right into the chains of some bondage. And it's also why we can't escape temptations and trials when they come. It's why we lash out and we shouldn't be. It's why we keep quiet when we shouldn't be. It's why we let that, whatever that is, pull our attention into it for a little enjoyment of it when we should be looking at where the Holy Spirit's pointing us so we can escape the temptation. Amen. But Jesus was tempted like we are, yet without sin. Now let's back up to James chapter 1, back to the first part of the chapter. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting. Now he's writing this to the Christian Jews of the twelve tribes. Tribes because they'd been scattered because they got saved. They started believing in Jesus, so they couldn't stay where they were. They were being persecuted, so they got scattered all over the place, and James writes a letter to them. And And the reason we're going to get into this, the reason that he's going to start talking about temptations, their greatest temptation in that day for them was to go back under the law. And really, that's the same for us, just in a little bit different way. We were under the law when we were Gentiles and lost in the world. But what we, I mean, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 2, verses 14 and 15, that we were under the law. The law was written in our hearts, and we bared witness of that with our consciences, condemning some or excusing some, and that we were under the law too, and when we get saved the greatest the greatest temptation is not going back to alcohol or drugs or, or any of that it's going back to thinking you can live this life without the power of the one who saved you initially right. You're not going to be able to live for God unless you're looking at what he did to save you. And that's moment by moment. That's every moment of your life. You've got to keep be conscious of the death of Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ. And these Jews that James is writing to, he's again, their main temptation is... Go, giving in and going back under the law because these folks were ripped away from their family, their kids, some their spouse, their husbands, their wives, their kids, their parents. They were just ripped apart because they knew Jesus was the Messiah. They believed in him. They followed him. So they started, listen, here, here's what gets you in trouble today in the church. They started getting together. They started leaving the group they were in and they started getting uh, determined that I ain't going back under that law. Yeah. I'm getting determined to follow this Jesus. But I'm telling you, there was a great temptation there to go back under the law. There were Jews that were traveling around following the apostle Paul even, telling everybody you're not really saved unless you're, what's the word? Circumcised. Circumcised. There it is. Old country boy went blank. Acts 15.1, if you're taking notes tonight, that they, they followed Paul around and said, y'all really ain't even saved if you don't get circumcised. And in all reality, the Old Testament, nobody was ever righteous because they were circumcised. It was only a sign of the seal. Nobody was ever righteous because they were circumcised. Not even Abraham it was a seal of the of a sign of righteousness that Jesus would bring to us. But, I mean, you had to be circumcised to be a Jew. So, really, they were all about being a Jew. A certain kind of fleshly Jew than they were accepting the Messiah. Again, Acts 15.1 says they were going around telling everybody you're not even saved unless you're circumcised. That's a lie. That's a lie. So that's their that was their greatest temptation. Who knows what all the others were because you and I have temptations daily. Oh, it may not be temptation to run off after her or run off after him. Temptations can be there to gossip. To lie, to cheat, to steal. Nobody's looking. He dropped his wallet. Nobody saw it. Looks like a few hundred hanging out of it. Nobody's looking. Man, that could be mine. That's a temptation. Temptation come in all kind of faces. And when you're tempted, if you don't count it all joy, you're going, you're going into it and it's chains going to start gripping, sucking the life out of you. Watch this now. Verse 2, James 1, verse 2. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That means various temptations. And he said, when he when he's talking about falling into it, that, that's not talking about falling into sin. And this here is just talking about you don't find yourself, you're being tempted. And the temptation is not a sin. You're not sinning when you're being tempted. You sin when you give way to the temptation. Amen. You're not committing a sin when there is something there tempting you. But you... I we commit sin when we let our hearts dabble in it. When we play in it, when we do it. Amen. Amen. And we know why we go do it is because we're not beholding the Lamb. Ain't nobody beholding the Lamb when they fall to a temptation. Church don't like this, but it's true while you're beholding the Lamb. I'm talking about not... saying. Well, of course I believe in the cross, brother, but this thing, no, 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 no. It's not about you admitting that the cross took place. It's about you believing in your heart. Jesus died for you. You died with Him, and you've got to be beholding that according to our Bibles if you're going to be being changed into that image that God calls a glorious image. And while you're being changed into that, you're not going to be bound up and giving your heart to something else. Oh, nobody's perfect, but while you're beholding the Lamb, Mm, you you can't sit here tonight. Nobody on the planet can sit here tonight and say while their heart's yielded to the truth of a crucified Christ within Calvary, that they're sitting there saying, uh, you know, it's okay to be a homosexual. It's okay to get drunk. God's okay with it. No, those things are sinful. And you're not going to be saying that if your heart is yielded to the sacrifice of Christ because the sacrifice of Christ and your faith therein eliminates your fleshly self. Your fleshly self. So the cross gets rid of Curtis and brings about the Word of God as its priority. Amen. Not my thoughts, not how I feel. Well, I just don't feel like y'all ought to be. Don't nobody care how you feel. Not being ugly, but they don't nobody care how we feel. And even people that try to act like they care about how you feel, they just waiting on you to turn your back. I know what it's like to be out there in the world and have worldly friends. They ain't your friends. You'll find out soon enough when you turn your back and that's all they're waiting on. That's all the world's good for. Just people waiting on you to turn your back. They're going to get you. They just, you can't trust them. You talking about my friends. I can trust my friends. I promise you, if they ain't saved, you can't trust them. I've had people, man, in my house going through my stuff. They thought they was my friends. They're back here going through my stuff. Just cause I wasn't around. Now this is a long time ago now. You gotta be careful. You're tempted. Temptation can be to listen to this. Listen to this. Watch that. Hang out with them. Temptation. Mm. My brothers, count it all joy when you fall, when you find yourself in various temptations. Verse 3, here it comes. This would have tied in great with the message we've been ministering for the past several weeks that we might know, knowing this. If you don't know this, if you don't know this, the Holy Spirit not going to work in your life anyway. You, as we said tonight, if they wouldn't have been people of the Word, that star wouldn't have been nothing to them. Hmm, that's kind of bright. You got to be a people of the Word. That's what kind of preacher we are. We're going to say get in the Word. Because in the Word, you're going to find the promise, and the way of the Lord for your life. Knowing this, you got to know this. What? That the trying of your faith works patience. That the testing of your faith produces patience. You understand that? I'm going to click on this word trying right here. One of the definitions is testing. Knowing this, that the testing of your faith, what's being tested? Your faith. Well, we know faith can't fail because faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6, and love can't fail. Love, the love of Christ and what he did at Calvary is what fuels your faith. You faith can't fail. You and I can fail to keep it, but it can't fail. If faith could fail, then what would be the purpose of keeping it? Right. Well, I'm keeping it, but it's failing. Oh, no, no. Oh, no. The Bible says we're kept by the power of God through faith. Faith can't fail. Faith can't fail. I can fail to keep it. And if I do, I, I'm going I'm going to get brought into bondage to something. I hope you're not sitting here tonight thinking faith can fail. Maybe we ain't spent enough time on that subject. I touched on it here and there a little bit late, and, and people kind of bucked it, you know, a little bit. Well, Jesus said, I pray that your faith fail not. He wasn't talking about his his, his faith could fail. He was talking about him failing to keep it. Faith cannot fail. We live by the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. Can that faith fail? (laughs) No, it can't. The faith of Jesus can fail? I don't think so. If it can, what good is it going to do us to keep it? See how simple it can be? Yeah, it's very simple. So watch this now. Another definition of trying is trustworthiness. That ought to help us tonight. Trustworthiness. Knowing this, that the trustworthiness of your faith works patience. See, because it's what you're doing with your faith you receive from the Lord that's going to determine what happens when you're tempted. Are you going to keep it in the object that you're being delivered to always? The death of Jesus? Because if you keep your faith there, your heart yielded there, you're going to be able to count it all joy because you're going to know this. It's the trustworthy, that the trustworthiness of your faith works patience. And that word means produces patience. Do you know people, and I've told you this a hundred times, but these I've had people elderly, way elderly in years tell me, when you get to be my age, you're not going to have any patience. You know what they're confessing there? That they ain't got no faith. They don't have no faith. They, they've considered, maybe in their ignorance, but there's something wrong there. They've considered that, or maybe again they're ignorant. Maybe they don't know that they've been dealt the measure of faith and, and, and they don't know that. That's why we see that knowing this. Know ye not? That's why we're told these things. And much of the church does not know these things. We were dealt by the Lord the measure of faith, Romans 12, 3. We live by that faith, that faith being the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us, Galatians 2 and 20. Amen. And that faith is is trustworthy. It saved you, didn't it? You were saved by believing what Christ did at Calvary by grace through faith. That's the faith you live by. Amen, you remember the story about Peter and Paul being in Antioch when Peter jumped in a boat of hypocrisy there, and Paul had to say, "Wait a minute, wait a minute. Remember now we're not justified. Now he, Peter was already justified. But Paul starts saying, "Wait a minute. We're not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Christ. By the faith of Christ. He points back to the faith of Christ, pointing back to Calvary by saying that. So, knowing this, that the trustworthiness of your faith, he calls it your faith. Remember when Jesus would heal somebody, he would say, Your faith has made you whole. Well, why did he call it your faith? Because they came to him and see, Jesus was doing everything he did by faith. He said, I don't do any work unless I see my father doing it. I don't, Dude, I, don't, I don't say any words unless I hear my father say them Jesus lived his complete life by faith and when he healed somebody that was virtue, the virtue of the faith he was living by going out from him in a healing manner and he would say your faith, calling it your faith because they had their faith in him and what he was doing by faith the same way he calls it your faith now because you have trusted in him and what he did on the cross hallelujah, by faith So he calls it your faith. Knowing this, that the trying, the trustworthiness of your faith is what's going to produce patience. Only faith kept in the sacrifice can produce patience. So when we get old and we're telling everybody, when you get to be my age, you're just not going to have any patience. Those people, I'm not being ugly tonight, bless their darling hearts, and I've tried to even tell them and help them, but they don't want to hear it. They don't even want to hear it. They just said, no, it's just the way it is. When you get to be my age, you're not going to have any patience. And I'm like, well, the Bible says, and I, well, it's just the way it is. I mean, think about being like that. Think about being like that. There are millions of people like that. You say, well, the Bible says, and they're like, well, it's just the way it is. No, it's not just the way it is. Knowing this, you can escape all that. Knowing this, that the trying, the trustworthiness, the trust that you give the faith you've received in Christ and what He did at Calvary, the worthiness of that in your own heart is going to determine whether faith works patience or not. And you've got to have patience. You gotta have patience. Jesus uh, on the, the what the different types of soil, the different the parable of the seed and sower, the only ground that was good ground is the, the good heart that heard the word, received the word, kept the word, and with patience brought forth fruit. Not gonna be any fruit gathering in the heart, not gonna be any fruit bearing without patience. It takes patience because when you're being tempted, what you got to have? Patience you got to get through this thing. And the trustworthiness of your faith. See, this is the important, importance of not listening to people teach about faith that's not pointing to Calvary. They're talking about faith and they're not pointing to the cross. They're going to help you into a place of temptation being on you. huh. I know what I'm talking about. Knowing this, do you know this? That the trying, the trustworthiness of your faith is what's going to work patience. Hmm. Produce patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, there's not going to be any experience of this being perfect, that we are in Christ And this place of being entire, complete, that we are in Christ. This place of realizing I don't have any, there's no lack in my life, only in Christ, unless my faith is working and patience is being produced. You have to have patience. You have to be patient with the Lord. I know today's church is like, give it to me by this afternoon, Lord. We're like, what do they call it, fast food line? Serve me now, serve me, and serve me now. You took too long, I'll go somewhere else. Have it your way. Have it your way. There it is, Brother Greg. We lived that way for too long. That's the way all Christians are living till they, till they come back to Calvary. Amen. Every one of us was out there. Listen now, only as one's faith is being tried, because that's what's being tried is your faith. How is my faith tried? How is my faith tried? That's a good question, isn't it? How how is my faith tried? My faith, the trying of my faith is really just to see if I'll keep it in its only object. That's why the Lord, again, listen, if you begin to study from 2 Corinthians 4, 11 through 13, and you believe the scripture there that God says he always delivers you who are alive unto death, then every day of your life in the scriptures you'll see a reason why. You'll see a new reason why. It's the only place your faith will work. It's the only place you can be beholding and being changed, conformed into that image. It's the only place that love flows from, grace flows from it won't flow from no other place that's why the, what Jesus said if you follow, if you come after me you got to deny yourself take up your cross and he's talking about take up your cross is keeping your faith in what he did on his amen he's not talking about your hardships he's talking about keep your faith in him not just him but what he did at Calvary Y'all all all right tonight? Only as one's faith is being tried, meaning it's being kept. Only a kept faith will be a tried faith. Your faith can't be tried if you ain't even keeping it. What's the purpose of it being tried? Everybody, Everybody get that? I'm going slow tonight. Everybody get that? If your faith, if you're not keeping the faith, ain't no, what purpose is it? It, it, it? it won't be tried. All these preachers out there talking about, that's just a trying of your faith. If it ain't in the cross, it ain't even being tried. How can it be? Man, that's good. Let me read it. Only as one's faith is being tried, meaning it's being kept, through the trying process, you've got to keep the faith. You've got to, it's got to, that faith in Christ, what he did for you at Calvary, has got to be worthy of your trust in that. It's what Jesus did. is that Did that, did that make him worthy enough for you to trust him when the, 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 the temptation comes? That's the only way, way that you're going to be able to count it all joy. If you, if you don't look back, how are we going to make it through this? Who can make it through this, Lord? Nobody's ever had to go through this. Well, the Bible says there ain't no temptation on you that ain't on somebody else. Mm. Only a faith being kept can be tried. If you're not keeping the faith, it ain't going to be tried. There's a whole lot of stuff going on in the church today. It's not the trial of their faith. Because their faith is not even being kept in its right object. Now when the message of the cross comes to town, you're going to be tried to see see if you're going to put your faith in the sacrifice or if you're just going to keep believing that Pentecost is your answer for deliverance. Or fasting is your answer for deliverance. See, what's being tested there is where you're going to put your faith. And if it's where it's supposed to be, then it's going to be tried to see if you'll remove it. Amen. If we're not keeping the faith, there's no need for it to be tried, for it isn't there to be tried. I'm quiet in here tonight. If we're not keeping the faith, There's no, what need is it for it to be tried because it's it's not even there to be tried? Amen. This is kind of a long thing I wrote here, so bear with me. I hope it makes sense tonight. It made sense to me when I wrote it. Because the result of patience being allowed to have her perfect work is one's faith being tried. Faith. Patience can't have her perfect work unless our faith is being tried. There ain't no need for patience unless your faith is being tried, right? Why do I need to be patient? When? When my faith is being tried. Because the result of patience being allowed to have our perfect work is one's faith being tried, but kept through the trying. Kept keeping the faith through the trying, the temptation. We see that here we are kept experientially in the place of being perfected and entire, lacking nothing. This really is our abiding in Christ. But that can't be just a sentence. Abiding in Christ is is enduring temptation by faith. That's about it. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you can have what you ask for. Amen. So, verse 5. If any of you... Now, watch this now. And, and this is not just thrown in out of left field. This is all a part of this. If you're reading this and you're hearing this and you're scratching your head... This is why he says in verse 5, if any of you lack wisdom, you're going to need wisdom to know this. If any of you lack wisdom, if you're sitting here tonight or you're listening to me online, and you're like, well, uh, this is kind of difficult to understand. The Bible says right here with this, if you lack the wisdom that you need, that you're going to have to have to know this, then ask God ask of God that gives to all men liberally and upbraids not and it shall be given him so don't write this off well I, don't, I just don't understand that I'm going to go back into what I was in no you're not You go, if you don't understand this Ask, God, God, I need wisdom. I want to be in this place where my patience is having her perfect work. I'm experiencing this place of being blessed, entire, no lack, hallelujah. And I'm not talking about lack in worldly stuff. I'm talking about you realize you don't have any lack in Christ. Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. You need wisdom. He says in verse 6, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavers is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And I'm not going to read further down through this, but it goes on down to verse 12, our springboard scripture for this service this evening. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. That means you make it through it. How do we make it through it? By keeping the faith. Keeping the faith. That ain't saying I got faith. That's keeping the faith. Faith is the only thing that's going to get me through the temptation And keep me in this blessed state. Remember, blessed is the man that endures. Realizing that I'm in a trial. And my faith is being tried. God says that I can ask for his wisdom. But that I must ask in faith. I must know. If I'm asking God for wisdom, I must know he's going to give it to me. And I also must know that the preaching of the cross is the wisdom of God. So the cross has to be tied to what I'm seeing here. Now watch, this is going to be my last phrase tonight that I wrote in my notes. Before I quit, I'm talking about I'm being tempted, I'm being tried. Before I quit, I must ask God for his wisdom and it must be before I quit. Because after I quit, there's no faith being tested, only myself seen as being, as failing. I don't have to live in just a place of being tempted and falling, tempted and failed, tempted and falling, tempted and failing. My whole life, I know what it's like to go to bed every night and cry on my pillow saying, God, forgive me. I know it's not right for years and years. But the message of the cross, the cry of Calvary has come to our lives. You can be free from that circle around the mountain all your life. God forgive you. You go ask God to forgive you the rest of your life, but it is not his intention that you ask for forgiveness for the same thing for 40 years all your life. You can endure Temptation. I said, in Christ, you can endure temptation. Amen. Amen. You must learn to endure temptation. I've watched people over the last few years, they just throw the towel in, they just quit, they just walk away. I've watched preachers do it. There's more preachers quitting right now than ever before. They're just quitting and walking away. A lot of them wasn't called in the first place. But, they, but some of them, they, they just they just throw it in the towel. I, I just can't handle it. It's too much pressure. I can't deal with all this anymore. It's because they're looking at that, not what they're being delivered to by the Holy Spirit. If you're looking at what the Holy Spirit's delivering you unto, you'll find the way through everything that gets in front of you. Is it going to be tough? Yeah. But the Bible said, blessed is the man that endures. He didn't say, well, forget it. Nobody's going to endure it. He said, blessed is the man that endures temptation. That's powerful, isn't it? For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life. And again, that's talking about at the end of your journey. But the endurance at the end of a life means there's been endurance all the way through that life. Not failure after failure and nothing but failure. And there's not, you're not going to have any patience just like me when you get to be my age. I'm not saying those people aren't going to heaven because they believed in Christ. I'm not the judge of that, but I'm saying my Bible says, Blessed is the man that endures temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Let no man say when he's tempted, I'm tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. So our failures are not of God. God didn't lead us into any failures. God will never tempt us to sin. Amen. You know that. God won't tempt you to sin. God won't tempt you to fail. But God does try your faith to see if you'll keep it. That's all he's trying, to see if you'll keep it the faith he gave you. You've heard me say it many times. The Bible says study to show yourself approved unto God, not men. If you study in the word to show yourself approved because you've been born again and approved by God in Christ Jesus through faith in his sacrifice, God's looking for the fruit of that approval to him, not men. If if he sees the approval in my life by my faith in his son, then men will also recognize his approval on my life. But initially, it's not for other people to see. It's for God to see. It needs to be personal for every one of you. It needs to be between you and him, not you and everybody else. They come second. He comes first. He needs to see the fruit. He has to because without him, it's not even happening. Amen. Blessed is the man that endures temptation. The cross gives us a way through all temptation. The cross of Christ gives us a way through all temptation. And I'm thankful for that tonight more than I'm thankful for anything else. If I fail in anything, it simply means that I didn't keep the faith I was given. Because it was not God's will for me to fail. It was God's will for me to be blessed through enduring that temptation. And because Jesus... Endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. That means as long as we're looking at him, keeping our eye on him and what he did for us at Calvary, that we can endure. When we're not enduring, it's because we're not trusting in what he did to endure for us. We can say we are, but we're not. Because his faith cannot fail. The faith we live by cannot fail. That is a perfect faith. I do not keep it perfectly, but it is a perfect faith that cannot fail that if I keep it, the power of God will keep me. Let's, one more scripture before we quit. I'm just now getting stirred up. So 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. I'm hungry too, sister. So we'll find a cookie somewhere after church. 1 Peter 1 and 5. This is talking about you and me who are kept by the power of God. You can't quit there though. That's that's not the end of that verse. You're not just kept by the power of God but through faith. Unto what? Salvation. We're being kept by the power of God through salvation unto God. Through, I'm sorry, we're being kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. That salvation is our experience of enduring the temptation. When we endure temptation, we're experiencing the salvation of our Savior. Who saved us. Amen. So we're kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. What's the next verse say there in 1 Peter 1, verse 6? Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold, that perishes, though it be tried with fire, anybody ever had their faith tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory, At the appearing of Jesus Christ. I'm going to have to read that one more time. That the trial of your faith. Being much more precious than of gold. Boy I wish I'd get a hold of that a little bit more. I wish we'd all get a hold of that a little bit more. The trying of our faith. The trial of our faith. And you know what that word means? Genuineness. It kind of goes along with trustworthiness. That the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found, your faith might be found under praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Saints, keep the faith. Keep the faith. When they say this, when they do that, when they not even in the picture, but just that old thing in you all by yourself wants to do this, look at that, say this, talk about that. Look to Calvary. Look to the Lamb because when you behold him the Bible says there's a reflection there like a mirror and if you're beholding that you're seeing a reflection of what God did in Christ at Calvary to his son and to you in his son there and you're being changed into that image there's a reflection there like a mirror that's reflecting as you're beholding that you're watching God conform you into that very image that's 2 Corinthians 3.18 look that's a better picture in God's eyes than the temptation you're having to look at. Amen. You know, another reason, I, I can't hardly get away from this, that the, the, one of the reasons God, the Holy Spirit always, everybody say always, always always delivers us unto death is because that death of his son is the most beautiful, magnificent, wonderful thing your God has ever laid his eyes on among humanity. Why would he not want you to behold that? Why would he not deliver you unto that always? But it's his only answer for all of your life's situations. Amen. Hold it just a minute. Amen, brother! (laughs) He's not delivering you anywhere else because that place He delivers you is where everything you need flows out of. One of those things being endurance. Endurance. Something gets in your way and starts tempting you Lord, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that He was tempted in all points, but without sin. I thank you that He is my He is He is my overcoming King. I thank you, Lord, that I died with Him. I'm a new creation in Him. And Lord, I might see this and I might feel the, 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 the strings of this thing, whatever it is, but I'm gonna keep looking at Jesus and what He did for me at Calvary. I'm gonna keep looking at what He did for me there. He ended my life and the new life He gave me cannot be ruled by that thing. The new life He gave me cannot be ruled by that thing. Amen. So keep the faith because with the faith, you can endure and patience can have her perfect work and you can experience the fullness of who Christ desires to be, who He really is in your life. Amen. Amen. Would you please stand with me tonight? Man, we're pretty good. It's straight up 8 o'clock. I I, I really, that was just an intro. I struggled all through it. So we'll try to do better next time. Lord, help us. And uh, He's faithful to help us. (laughs) He's faithful to help us. But I tell you what, this message, this great truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified has changed not just me but the whole world. I was reading behind an individual this week. I think his name is A.C. Dixon in a little book called The Glories of the Cross. It's such a... Man, there's been men throughout the ages that have known this truth. And he says, Jesus said, If I be lifted up on the cross, I'll draw all men unto me. He didn't say, I'll draw the trees, I'll draw the rocks, I'll draw... Because... And he gives this example of a magnet he says there, a magnet, there's only certain things a magnet will draw. It won't draw it won't draw a marble it won't draw glass it won't draw wood, it won't draw a rock it'll only draw certain kind of objects and Jesus being lifted up on the cross drawing all men to himself that's because there's something in every human being that needs what he did there And they know it. They know it. They know they're sinful. They know they're guilty. They know they're sinful. We know we're guilty. And there's that Jesus being raised up on that cross. It's like a magnet, spiritual magnet. It's drawing all men because it's not drawing trees. It's not drawing marbles. It's not drawing glass or wood. It's drawing the hearts of men that know they need a Savior. The cross is like a magnet. God made it that way so much so that that's all he's delivering you to. If you start looking away from it, I, Angel's got a couple of magnets on her on her board over here. And, and you all know about magnets. I know we're, we're out of time, but we'll just ask the Lord for an extra minute. That magnet's tough. It won't come off, will it? Look at that. These two magnets here, and you all know this. It's kindergarten tonight, though. But these two magnets, look at that. You can't get them together. There's actually a force there. Y'all have done this before. You got your back turned on the Lord. You got your back turned on the, on, on the, on the truth of Calvary and what Jesus did at Calvary. But the moment you turn to Him, He draws you in. The cross of Christ is a magnet for every soul of every man, woman, boy, and girl. When he was raised, that's what he knew. If I be lifted up on the cross, I will draw all men unto me. If I be lifted up, he's talking about his cross, I will draw all men. There is a draw. But what we do is, we fight that. We fight that. And there's there's something in there. You know what it is? It's sin and wickedness and rebellion. But once we hear the gospel, I'm trying to put them together. You're not getting them together. But once we hear that gospel, we turn and we say, Lord, I accept you. And He draws you right into the beloved. He welcomes you right in. And you know what? He doesn't just forgive you. He cleanses you and makes you totally clean. He doesn't just remove the crime, the guilt for the crime. He removes the thing that was causing the crime. That's a good Savior. That's a good God. Don't you love Him tonight? Don't you love your Lord tonight? He's given us everything we need to endure all temptation. All temptation. All temptation. When when our our flesh lusts to go look around to see who's looking, to see what we do for a few minutes and get away with listen he's right there and you know what he's doing right there he's tapping on your heart and he's pointing you to Calvary because if you'll look to the lamb you'll be able to stand up and walk away from whatever that is there that's trying to pull you into it amen amen Anybody need prayer tonight before we leave? Anybody online need prayer tonight? Go ahead and put your request right there where you're watching. Type them in to guarantee that we'll pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you for this word tonight. Lord, even though, Lord, I'm flimsy all with it, I thank you for your faithfulness to minister to your people. I thank you for the truth of your word. I thank you for showing us, Lord, a little bit tonight of what it means to endure. How blessed we are. We, we can be uh, in a blessed state, Lord, as we endure temptations that come our way for our faith to be tried to move us away from being determined to know nothing other than Christ Jesus and Him crucified. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the endurance that you performed for us at the cross. You endured the cross for the joy that was set before you. That joy becoming our strength. And we praise you tonight for keeping us by the power of the cross through faith, the very faith of our Savior, Lord. Glory be to the name of Jesus. Lord, we love you tonight. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, for keeping us. We thank you for giving us grace to run this race all the way to the finish line that we might receive. That crown of life, Lord, because we do love you. We do love you. And we thank you, Lord, for causing that love to be shed abroad in our hearts and increasing daily for you. We give you all the praise tonight. We pray for those, Lord, who are sick, who couldn't come tonight, who are sick. We pray for those, Lord, who are sick and all those who are watching online. We pray for the healing power of Jesus Christ tonight, even as we speak now, Lord, to touch their physical bodies and to renew their strength, Lord, to renew their physical strength as well as that inner man. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord, for everything that you're doing. We thank you for Calvary's cry coming to our heart, allowing us to hear the voice of the Master declaring His righteousness from the cross. And we love you and we praise you. And we ask your blessing upon this ministry, the guidance of your Spirit, Lord, and the things you've called us to do. We give you all the praise tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Have a rich rest of your week. And I'll see you Sunday morning.